Dark Lord of the Sith, and several dive bars in San Jose. Every Tuesday night from 10 p.m. to midnight, join me in my quest to escape from the occult oubliette, a world of violence, intrigue, sexuality, mysticism, magic, and leftover spaghetti. Enjoy my insane rants about leftist causes, Midwestern witchcraft, the ascendancy of Skynet, and why neo-paganism is vastly overrated. I've got guests, music, comedy, and old Alan Watts lectures from the 70s. How can you resist? You can't. I put a spell on you. Ah! MutinyRadio.fm is an official shrine of the miraculous garlic of Mount Cavalry. We are not associated with the Sisters of Perpetual Indulgence, except on Tuesdays at 10 p.m. Hope to see you there. Or hear you, I should say. Hey, Zach Wiseman, you're a good comedian. You know how I got good? How good? How did you get so great at comedy? I got great at comedy. Yeah, every Friday from 6 to 8 with new host Trina Roderick. It's where um, people go and sometimes they smell bad and sometimes they don't smell bad. Mutiny Radio made me great. (laughs) Mutiny Radio made me better than you. And then you can be better than everyone else, too, every Friday from 6 to 8 on Happy Hour here at Mutiny Radio. But you'll be- never be better than me. You'll never be better than me. you never be better than Zach. And you also, it's a happy hour, but we don't have any alcohol, so it's happy-ish. But you're going to do comedy. I'll do comedy. And you're going to enjoy comedy. Just be an audience. Just come. It's free. Yeah, I just drink in my car. <laughs> you could like drink. Like an adult. Exactly. Drink, drink around the corner somewhere else. Not here. But uh, come to Happy Hour every Friday from 6 to 8 with Trina Roderick. Yeah, do that. Tell me what you think about your situation. Complication, aggravation. Is it getting to you? Then tune in live every Sunday from 12 to 2 p.m. to the Edge of Insanity with myself, Paul Brumbaugh, Kit Marie, Brandon Ray, and Mistress Christine. All on Mutiny Radio. That's right, PCRcollective.org. We'll see you there. Are you a stand-up comedian? Do you want to be in 25 shows in five days at Mutiny Radio in San Francisco? Well, now's your opportunity. Apply now for the Spark Presents 3rd Annual Mutiny Radio Comedy Festival, March 1st through 5th. That's 25 shows in five days featuring 40 comics from out of town, and one of those comedians could be you. Go to our website, www.mutinyradio.fm, and click Click on the submission form. Apply for the Spark Presents 3rd Annual Mutiny Radio Comedy Festival. It's only $10, and you can apply right now through November 30th for 25 shows during five days, all streaming live, all podcast posts, all Mutiny Radio, all the time. The 3rd Are you tired?
crops are all in and the peaches are rotten the oranges are packed in the creosote dumps they're flying them back to the mexican border to save all their money then wait back again my father's Good morning, own father, mutineers. He waited the labor and love show. Others before yes, him have done just the same. Just they died in the hills and they died in the valleys. Some went to heaven without any name. Goodbye to my one, goodbye, Rosalita. Adios, me amigo. Jesus Maria You won't have a name when you ride the big airplane All they will call you will be Deportee Some of us are illegal and others not wanted Our work contracts out And we have to move on Six hundred miles to the Mexican border They chase us like rustlers Like outlaws, like thieves Goodbye to my one Goodbye, Rosalita Adios, mi amigo Jesus Maria You won't have Fireball of thunder, it shook all the hills. Who are all of these dear friends scattered like dry leaves? The radio said they were just deportees. Adios, amigo. Adios, Rosalina. Adios, mi amigo. Jesus Maria.
Watch the sunrise on other tropic isles. Just remember, darling, all the Just remember when a dream appears, you belong to me. I'll be so alone without you.
with that, we welcome you to Labor and Love Radio, Saturday morning, and you're in the right place if you want to hear labor news, commentary, history, opinion, and music of social significance, and love. So we started out with Django Reinhardt. Highwaymen singing Woody Guthrie's Deportees song. A little more on that later. And then some Patsy Cline, You Belong to Me. Anti-Flag finished us off. You can kill the protesters, but you can't kill the protests. That's Anti-Flag. And this is The Bee. My name is Bill Morgan, and I'm here every Saturday. 10 to 12, live, and my show, Labor and Love Radio, is archived at the MutinyRadio.fm website, podcast, go down the list, select the one you want out of the 40 or so shows we have here at Mutiny Radio, and I want to say something about Mutiny Radio, too, before we go much further. lot more than just a radio station. Mutiny Radio is a cultural space. It's a place that can be rented and used by the community where the prices are bearable. And people are, it's kind of community art where people, it takes a community to put together some kind of presentation. But first you need a place. Radio is that place. You can rent space here and throw your own event. Okay, or you can show up and lend your energy. As far as the radio side of it is, have a voice. Become a programmer. Okay, a place where you can uh, talk about your ideas. You can invite people in to discuss things, you know, you can follow your interests, anyway, okay, let's see what we got, today we've got, let's see, how about a little girl, a sex slave who's repeatedly been raped, legendary Canadian organizer in the last century. Start out with uh, 
Radio Labor World Report. This is Solidarity News on Radio Labor. This is a Radio Labor World Report recorded on Friday, November 24th, 2017. I'm Mark Belanger. In the report this week, the international labor movement is calling for a global law to help eliminate violence against women. One of the largest financial corporations in the world accepts unions in the UK, but fights them in the US. And the Labor Start report about union events around the world. This is Radio Labor. November 25th is the International Day for Eliminating Violence Towards Women. The labor movement is using the day to push for an international law to help stop the violence. See Marie Ainsborough reports. UN's International Labor Organization has agreed to put an item about violence and harassment against women and men on the agenda of its 2018 conference. The ILO is the UN agency specialized on matters of work in the world. With approval of its government, employer, and labor union representatives, it produces international laws called conventions. If a country adopts a convention, it becomes part of the nation's legal infrastructure. The ILO's decision to consider a convention on gender-based violence at work comes after a long-running campaign conducted by the International Labor Movement. The campaign is being coordinated by the International Trade Union Confederation. The ITUC represents national labor centers such as the AFL-CIO in the United States and the Ghana Trades Union Congress. Judy King is the head of the Equality Department of the ITUC. In a Radio Labor interview, Ms. King was asked if there are particular forms of violence against women and men the ITUC is most concerned about. Well, I think we're concerned about all forms of violence against women, really, which can take many shapes, whether it's physical abuse, including assault, battery, attempted murder, sexual violence, including rape and sexual assault, you know, verbal abuse, bullying, psychological abuse, intimidation, sexual harassment, stalking, threats of violence. I mean, the list is quite long. And, you know, whilst there's some extreme forms of violence, which we can all easily recognize and say, you know, this is unacceptable, it needs to be stopped. Other seemingly minor forms of intimidation and harassment and coercion sometimes take place over extensive periods of time and can have devastating effects. And we've seen some of these even leading up to acts of suicide. So I think our objective is really zero tolerance on all forms of violence um, against women in the workplace, recognizing, of course, that different measures um, need to be applied according to the severity of the violence that we're talking about. But prevention is what we're aiming about at its and zero tolerance. Ms. King was asked if violence against women is decreasing or on the rise. All the anecdotal evidence that we have suggests that it is on the rise. And this has to do not only with the fact that we have more women than ever um, in the workforce um, today, and therefore, of course, a corresponding um, increase in that numerical sense, but it's also to do with the fact that the world of work is changing dramatically. When you look at where women are positioned in the workplace, It's usually, you know, not exclusively, but too often in forms of work which are precarious or informal, where there is little or no union organizing. And in fact, sometimes organization um, by trade unions is actively discouraged through threats and violence. It's where women have little autonomy or voice um, in the workplace and therefore are more exposed to forms of violence. 
This is Seamary Ainsborough reporting for Radio Labor. One of the world's largest banking corporations is Santander, with 200,000 employees around the world. In the UK and other countries, it works well with unions who represent those employees. But in the United States, it's a different story. It has been viciously fighting the right of its American workers to even talk about a union. Recently, a delegation of Santander workers from the U.S. visited Britain to talk about their efforts to join the Communications Workers of America. The CWA has been trying to get Santander to accept a neutrality agreement, which would allow the union to talk to workers about unionization. Kualandra Coleman was a Santander worker in Texas. I worked for Santander Consumer USA for 10 years until February 22nd, 2017 of this year. I was terminated after the neutrality agreement was presented to them on February 21st of this year. So I signed off on that agreement on the 21st of February. I was terminated on the 22nd. The American Santander workers met with a number of unions in the UK. One of those unions was the Communication Workers Union. John East is a CWA national officer. I'm the CW national officer that negotiates with Santander UK. Um, Having had the meeting today with colleagues from Santander in the United States who are members of the Communication Workers of America, I was staggered to hear of the way workers are treated in the workforce. Uh, I can't believe that that kind of thing would happen uh, in a a democracy. Um, It certainly isn't the the, the way Santander operates in this country, and I can't believe that Santander allows it to happen anywhere else in the world as well. Dominic Cook is the national officer for the finance sector for Unite the Union in the UK. What we've been hearing about how badly treated uh, workers are in the US from Santander is appalling. And I know all our members and our activists across the sector will really want to send a message to our friends and comrades that they uh, are thought of, that we're going to do everything we can to raise their campaign. We're going to send all the support and solidarity we can. Uh, It's a very important uh, issue. We need to make sure that people are treated properly in the UK. Our employees, uh, our members are treated well in many organisations only because the union's there. Without the union, uh, it's a very different situation. The Global Union for Finance and Bank Workers at the world level is UNI. Angelo Di Cristo is head of UNI Finance. This is a battle. This is a struggle for dignity. And we appreciate a lot the support of CWU for helping us in this campaign to make it possible to recognize a union in the U.S. in Santander. This is a battle of dignity. Now here with his report about union events around the world is Labor Start correspondent Derek Blackadder. Here's a small sample of the average of 350 news stories added to our site each day last week. Our top story section included links to coverage of a call by the International Trade Union Confederation for an ILO convention on gender-based violence, the demand by the global labor movement for an end to the slave trade in Libya, and the state-sponsored harassment of union activists in Cambodia. We had news of strikes and lockouts in dozens of countries. Here are just a few highlights. When a Nigerian airline refused to recognize the workers' choice of union, the employees grounded its aircraft last week. 
American strippers or exotic dancers walked off the job to protest racist and unequal pay rates. Flight attendants were engaged in a dispute over wage rates in French Polynesia. Air France failed in its attempt to have the strike declared illegal and then began threatening to end its service to the French colony. Cambodian garment workers, most of them teenaged women, struck over unpaid wages. Workers in South Africa spent Tuesday at rallies and marches to draw attention to the crisis in the country's education system. Dockers in Papua New Guinea walked off the job when it was announced that a stevedoring contract had gone to a company employing migrant workers. And the Athens metro was shut down for a day as Greek public transport workers protested a decision to privatize the system. Our top working women stories included coverage of union efforts to get thousands of Indian women the payments owed them when an electronics manufacturer shut down without warning, women unionists organizing in Ethiopia, and a global survey of violence against women by the International Federation of Journalists. The health and safety newswire we run in cooperation with Hazards magazine carried stories to hundreds of union websites around the world about the lack of rest time most Japanese doctors have, the effects of stress on Australian first responders, the deaths of eight workers when an elevator on a construction site failed in India, and the high and rising level of violence directed at Finnish elder care workers. Currently, Labor Start is running six online actions. Take just a few seconds out of your day and join thousands of trade unionists around the world in helping workers make their lives better, or even help save those lives. This is Derek Blackadder from Labor Start, reporting for Radio Labor. And that's it. International labor news you can use. Follow us on Twitter at Radio Labor. I'm Mark Boulanger. Thank you for listening. And remember, it's all about global. Workers Independent News Week in Review. I'm Doug Cunningham. Former BCTGM Union Nabisco workers want you to stand with them on a boycott of Nabisco products like Oreos, Ritz crackers, and Chips Ahoy. Listen to their message on why they want you to join their Nabisco boycott. We are the BCTGM fighting for American jobs. Nabisco, maker of iconic snack brands like Oreo, Ritz crackers, and Chips Ahoy, has made its fortunes in America, and its patriotic response has been to send U.S. jobs to Mexico. As a result, Consumers across the U.S. continue to boycott their Mexican-made products. Join our fight for moral and economic justice at fightforamericanjobs.org. The D.C. Nurses Association says despite winning an arbitration award for $4.1 million in unpaid raises for nurses going back to 2013, the union has been informed that the District of Columbia will not certify the money to pay the nurses. The nurses work at United Medical Center, public health facility of Washington, D.C. Walla Blagay is the staff attorney for the D.C. Nurses Association, she says nurses are dealing with mismanagement that has contributed to unsafe nurse-patient ratios in addition to not being paid the wages owed. Our nurses are working in a very unsafe environment. Many of the nurses feel overwhelmed with high nurse-patient ratios where they're looking at quite a bit of patients with chronic conditions and they feel overwhelmed. They don't feel this supported. The next round of NAFTA renegotiations kick off Friday in Mexico City. The AFL-CIO's Celeste Drake says how workers are treated is a key issue 
in reshaping NAFTA. NAFTA is not a trade agreement so much as an investment agreement, an agreement to make it easier to outsource jobs. This essential element, this threat, and this reality to outsource jobs to Mexico was premised on the fact that when they got to Mexico, these firms could deny worker rights and freedoms. They would be allowed to pay inhuman wages and maintain unsafe working conditions. And this is what cuts off American and Canadian workers at their knees. Drake says corporations and CEOs benefit the most from NAFTA because they wrote it. That's why the AFL-CIO wants workers to have a real voice in reshaping NAFTA. Global corporations and their CEOs have generally benefited from NAFTA, and that's because they wrote it. They stuffed into it an assortment of rules designed to meet their needs and serve their interests. And most of these benefits come at the cost of ordinary working families. Lori Wallach of Global Trade Watch. The most pivotal question is whether Mexico and Canada will engage on the series of proposals to really reshape NAFTA that were submitted by the United States during the fourth round of talks here in D.C. in October, or how it might handle Canada's proposals with respect to dealing with the abysmal labor standards and wages. Workers' Independent News provided by Diversified Media Enterprises. I'm Doug Cunningham. Okay, we're back here with you. Um, Labor and Love, a Saturday morning. And as we always say, as we welcome you into the house of labor here, we say if one person gets a dollar they didn't work for, someone else or several someone else's work for that dollar they didn't get. If you don't have a place at the table, the negotiating table that is, you're bound to be on the menu. And finally, never but never let anyone into your heart who is not a friend of labor. This is the B, the aforementioned B, coming on at you with the Labor and Love Show. And I was just running down some of the things that we have. One of them is a uh, a reading from a comic book about a socialist feminist named Suzanne Bolkin. We have the Labor and Love site where we have uh, several labor stories stored. Django Wright, Django.
Okay, Django Reinhardt with Nuage. This is a labor and love show, and I'm on I'm the bee. And today we're talking about in labor history. A day when a day when we celebrate things. Memorial Day, which is a day when we celebrate that uh, young working people went to fight against one another and one side killed more than the other so they won the war. of war. Okay. This one is for our good friend. This is for you, Earl. You know these people walking around here talking about the woman on the left of them all that kind of okay and on. I don't see why that woman has to leave them. Mine's ain't left me yet. But I don't know how soon. Cause I keep that woman on my mind just as fat and healthy as she can be. She will do. You know, because I raise hogs, chickens, and cows, and everything. And she better not act like she's hungry. Not as a cow did. And if she want a choke, I go out there and catch one of them chokes. And she have pork chops all the week. She will. And every time she get hungry, she get evil. You can't blame the girl, cause she's a country girl. Now my baby's a country girl, and she just can't help herself. Yes, my baby's a country girl, and she just can't. Plenty milk and me. 
was a request, or maybe a forced request, anyway, Hungry Country Girl by Fleetwood Mac backing up the great, great Otis Spahn. Hungry Country Girl. I love that woman. That's a story I'm telling you. Before that, Django Reinhardt, kind of a nice... Saturday morning sound to wake up to, get up, get your caffeine, whatever, sit down, listen to Labor and Love Radio. Um, we, I mentioned a, a, a comic about a an organizer, socialist fem, uh, feminist. And this is called Suzanne Volkin, V-O-I-L-Q-U-I-N, socialist feminist. So it's at the Graphic History Co- Collective. Graphic History Collective. Um, Graphic History Collective. This will tell you all about their thing. But we're gonna today we're gonna read about Suzanne Bodkin, one of the charms of a comic book, is that uh, you have a, a static experience that comes at you at your own speed. <clears throat> it's about Suzanne Bodkin, solitary. French Revolution and the Industrial Revolution came together in 1789. The success of the people in overthrowing the king and the triumph of an industrial middle class produced a new promise, liberty and equality for all. 
people cast aside their faith in God and King. My parents, Suzanne begins, were revolutionaries and I was a child of the revolution. My name is Suzanne Bolkin. This is my story. I inherited the revolutionary belief that liberty and equality would soon extend to everyone. But I was wrong. Life intervened by the time I was in my 20s. I had buried my mother, who was too modest to tell her doctor about her breast pain, been raped, and lost three babies at birth due to the syphilis my husband had given me. Men who do such things to women and babies commit the true original sin. Not surprisingly, I developed a mistrust of men. Oh yeah, I wonder why. Here she is dancing in a circle. I felt forlorn and abandoned. Although I was lost, others still believed in the revolution's promise. These joyous, hopeful people were called San Simoni. Their enthusiasm for the future gave me hope. And here's a picture of Karl Marx, stretches across the page. Twenty years later, Karl Marx would label us utopian socialists, a condescending term we never used ourselves. I rejected all political and especially revolutionary action wanted to attain their ends by peaceful means and by force of example to pave the way for a new social gospel. But because they did not understand the historical necessity of class struggle, they were doomed to fail. Oh, thanks, Marx. We didn't have your hindsight. Suzanne goes on with the story. We were more like the hippies in the age of Aquarius 200 years later. We thought peace and love would usher in a new era of progress. Engineers would circle the earth with new transportation networks. Doctors would spread the new gospel of hygiene and vaccination. save our souls. Architects and philosophers would design new buildings and in institutions. Artists and musicians would make new art for the new world. We even had an androgynous god. Our leader, she writes, was the French social reformer Barthélemy, Prosper, and Pantin. We especially appealed to women and workers, the poorest and most numerous class. This uncommon recognition of women was important to me. The story of Suzanne Volkin. 
socialist, uh, feminist organizer for her time. All right, well, let's see what's on the labor beat. The labor beat can be reached by you at Labor and Love Radio. The labor beat. off the bat we've got this headline this is on alternate.org black people are being openly bought and sold in Libyan slave markets this is happening today black Africans are being sold like inanimate objects in slave auctions across Libya. Like so many modern horrors, there is video. Cell phone footage from August captured an unidentified Libyan town. Documents in the outdoor slave market during sale in progress. In the video below, an auctioneer describes two Nigerians as big strong boys farm work before he begins calling out increasingly larger bids to an audience off camera. The price that is settled on for both men comes to $1,200 Libyan dinars or about $800 American. Two young men, two human beings had just been sold at a price of $400 apiece. Refugees fleeing violence, poverty, and oppression in parts of Africa, in its east, south, and west. Libya has become a temporary landing point, a gateway that ultimately leads to the shores of southern Europe. But Libya has been torn apart by tribal warring and violence since 2011, when U.S.-led forces overthrew Muammar Gaddafi while making little effort to stabilize the region. This labor vacuum has left Libya in a state of chaos in which modern forms of slavery prosper. So these are refugees. Okay, next story. United Farm Workers. It's hard to believe that this is UFW.org. We can't do Thanksgiving. These are workers. We can't do Thanksgiving without farm workers, the website says. It's hard to believe that in 2017, we're fighting a guest worker bill that is worse than the one in the 1940s, the Bracero program he's referring to. But we are. Rep Goodlatte's guest worker bill could soon be heard in the full House of Representatives, and if it passes, it will go to the Senate. 
The bill creates a modern-day bracero program and would undermine the wages and working conditions of all agricultural workers. Even citizens and legal residents. The legislation would allow growers to replace any farm worker not willing to work for an $8.34 per hour wage or their state minimum wage. The bill passed despite passionate arguments by Democrats who pointed out again and again how the new guest worker program would effectively pull down the wages for American workers. The beat goes on. Beat goes on. There's not not much to say about that. How long has it been? How long has it been since the UFW organized farm workers for the first time? Not for the first time, but for the first time in a way that lasted in a permanent. Okay, and as I said, we celebrate Joe Hill. Um, Joe Hill is the a celebrated labor figure. If you know anyone in the labor movement or close to it, or even uh, anyone who's particularly interested in labor history, they're going to know Joe Hill. So I'm going to read this article that was written a couple years ago on the anniversary of his death. This is by David Cochran. Joe Hill saw his music as a weapon in the class war, composing songs to be sung on soapboxes, picket lines, or in jail. And 100 years ago today, the forces of capital and the state of Utah executed him. Chicago musician and scholar, okay, this goes on to explain about a new release, a new album. Bucky Halker, the guy's name is. Hill emigrated to the U.S. from Sweden in 1902, changed his name to Joseph Hillstrom, which would eventually be shortened to Joe Hill, Working his way across the country, Hill became politicized, eventually joining the industrial workers of the world, the Wobblies. Popularly known as the Wobblies, the IWW sought to organize those workers. More mainstream unions avoided the unskilled migrants, immigrants, minorities, in an effort to combine the entire working class into one big union. As a wobbly hill was active in free speech fights in Fresno and San Diego, a strike of railroad construction workers in British Columbia, and even fought in the Mexican Revolution. In 1914, Hill was arrested in Salt Lake City and charged with killing a storekeeper, allegedly in a botched robbery. 
Despite the flimsy nature of the evidence, Hill was convicted and sentenced to death, with the prosecutor urging conviction as much on the basis of Hill's IWW membership as any putative evidence of his involvement in a crime. An international amnesty movement passed for a new trial, but the Utah governor refused and Hill was executed by firing squad on November 19th, 1945. Just a couple days ago. In a final message to IWW Secretary Bill Haywood, Hill urged, don't waste my time, don't waste any time in mourning. Organize. Hill has been immortalized in a wide variety of cultural expression. Poetry by Kenneth Patchen, fiction by Wallace Stegner, a song by Alfred Hayes and Earl Robinson, popularized by Paul Robeson, promising where working men are out on strike, Joe Hill is at their side. play some Joe Hill. This is from uh, Woodstock. And even though we always associate the quote-unquote hippie movement with a lot of sex and a lot of drugs and a lot of sort of goofy ideas, uh, there was a whole lot that came out of it. Um, So, let's see, Joe Hill. song and we'll have an intermission. I dreamed I saw
dreamed I saw I dreamed I saw Joe Hill last night Live as you or me Says I, but Joe, you're ten years dead I never died, I never died Says he I never died, says he Okay, that was Joan Baez with uh, a song by Ralph Chaplin, uh, paying homage to the late, great labor martyr, uh, Joe Hill. This one is a song that Joe Hill wrote about his work with an IWW organizer named <coughs> Elizabeth Gurley Flynn. Gurley Flynn was a high school girl in the Northwest, I believe, um, who, while she was still in high school, was uh, kicked out for preaching socialism. So she, at one point, she handcuffed herself to uh, the gate of a workplace in Seattle and uh, was for many, many, many years a mainstay um, of the resistance movement. Here we go, the rebel girl.
One thing that's characteristic of the labor movement it is that we never it's called Joe Hill's Last Will. We don't lose practice. Utah Phillips. And they continue to teach us through their songs and through their lives, through the things that they said. Over in the little town of Galway, Sweden, there man was born to a working class family. He learned to speak English working on the freighters going between his native Sweden and England. And then, before the turn of the century, he joined his brother, and they migrated to the United States, like so many others. He worked as a dock hand, as a machinist, as a harvest stiff, all the way across the country to San Pedro, California. In Sweden, his name was Joel Emanuel Hegeland. In this country, he shortened that to Joseph Hillstrom. And then finally, his fellow workers turned it into Joe Hill. And Joe Hill. Well, he was executed November 19, 1915 in the state of Utah, where I'm from, for writing songs. He wrote songs to help people to define their problems and hopefully help them to define their solutions. Cost him his life, and we're still here, so we owe him something, you know. So we sing about him. Joe wrote to, when he was in prison in Utah, he wrote to Big Bill Haywood. Secretary Treasurer of the Industrial Workers of the World. He said, Dear Bill, I die like a true rebel. Don't mourn for me, but organize. Then he said, Bill, I want you to promise me that if they kill me, that you take my body over the border into Wyoming, because I don't want to get caught dead in Utah. Being from Utah, I know there's lots of us to feel that way. Some people say that Joe Hill's last true and authentic words, reporters anyway, say the last thing they ever heard come out of his mouth was the words, ready, aim, fire, as he delivered the order for his execution to the firing squad. The night before his execution, he passed a small note out through the bars of his prison cell, there at the old Sugar House prison. And that was his last will. My will is easy to decide for there is nothing to divide. My kin don't need to fuss and moan. Moss does not cling to a rolling stone. My body? Ah, if I could choose, I would to ashes it reduce and let some merry breezes blow them to where some flowers grow. Perhaps some fading flower then would take root and bloom again. This is my last and final will. Good luck to all of you. Joe Hill.
Gonna come by, of course, the great Sam Cooke. Change is gonna come. Labor and Love Radio presents from City Lab for waitresses and bartenders. Sexual harassment is a workplace guarantee. We've been talking about this the last couple of weeks about what are called tipped workers because they are tipped and it's assumed that the addition of their tips will bring them up to a living wage they are all paid very low in some places as low as two 
$8.13 an hour. And at the same time, of course, facing all kinds of sexual harassment. In 2009, this is City Lab. Michael Lynn, a professor of food and beverage management at Cornell University, published a study that found that waitresses in the U.S. with blonde hair, smaller waists, and larger breasts received higher tips than women without those traits. His findings circulated among restaurant hiring teams and managers eager to jack up sales in the $799 billion restaurant industry, billion dollar restaurant industry. Perhaps no other industry rivals Hollywood in profits made by men off women's beauty, charm, and sex appeal. And the ramifications should be obvious to anyone keeping up with the current news cycle. Like Hollywood actresses, but considerably worse off financially, waitresses endure rampant sexual harassment with impunity. A whopping 90% of women in the U.S. restaurant industry report being subjected to unwanted sexual advances at work. And more than half the women say these interactions occur weekly. According to a Restaurant Opportunity Center report from 2014, for the restaurant industry, which employs 10% of the overall U.S. workforce and where women outnumber men by two to one, the magnitude of sexual harassment is difficult to fathom. Well, you can bet, you can bet there's a lot of sexual harassment. Everybody knows that. Everybody is aware of that. That's funny, okay? We put up with this stuff in our everyday lives. Restaurant workers, tipped workers, they're called. Waitresses in tipped wage states are three times more likely than workers in not tipped wage states to be asked by management to sexualize their behavior and appearance for guests. See, what's happening is that tip that you give, which you give as a, you know, the, the recognition that the, uh, anyway, this Restaurant Opportunity Center, which boasts 18,000 restaurant workers in 10 cities, including Chicago, Boston, and New Orleans, found that the most common forms of sexual harassment include sexual teasing, deliberate touching, cornering, leaning over, pinching, and pressure for dates. More serious offenses like groping, exposing genitals, and rape are part of the repertoire as well. Servers sat at downscale chains and diners such as Olive Garden 
or Waffle House, where tips are lower and women tend to outnumber men, face higher rates of sexual harassment than they do at high-end establishments. To make matters worse, waitresses in the 19 states concentrated around the South and Midwest where the tip minimum wage has been frozen at 2.13 an hour, 2.13 an hour since 1991, are twice as likely to experience sexual harassments in their, as their counterparts in the seven states, including California and Minnesota, that have banned the tip minimum wage and replaced it with a standard Everything has, in other words, you're going to have to serve somebody. Let's see. We've got some more Joe Hill stuff, but listen to some Bob Marley. Huh? Crazy bald heads. Crazy. is 
labor history. We already talked a lot about Joe Hill. By the way, I want to congratulate the San Francisco UESF Teachers Union. And they're, they're in the process of voting now on their contract. I wish him well and uh, solidarity works. Solidarity works, as uh, one past president of the union said, when 6,000 teachers, educators act together, it changes things, it moves things around, it's felt. So, this day in labor history, November 23rd, 1903. Colorado Governor James Peabody sent the state militia to Cripple Creek to crush the Western Federation of Miners-led strike in that mining town. This all-too-typical action by the state during the Gilded Age had major repercussions. It succeeded in ending the strike in ending the strike, but it also led the WFM, Western Federation of Miners, to lead the movement for a nationwide and even worldwide movement of industrial workers that would challenge a capitalism the miners no longer believed would ever work for them. 
This led to WFM to be the most important force in the founding of the industrial workers of the world two years later. This day in labor history. Let's take a look over here at working class history. Okay, Labor and Love Radio, we got Bob Marley and the Waiters, we got Bob Dylan. John is in the basement, mixing up the medicine, I'm on the pavement, thinking about the government, the man in a trench coat, batch out, laid off, says he's got a bad call. It's something you did, God knows when, but you're doing it again. You better duck down the alleyway, looking for a new friend. A man in a coonskin cap in a pig pen wants eleven dollar bills. You only got ten. Maggie calls fleet foot, face full of black soot, talking at the heat, put plants in the bed, but the phone's tapped anyway. Maggie says the men say they must bust an early man. Orders from the DA. Look out, kid, no matter what you did. Walk on your tiptoes, don't tie no bows. Better stay away from those that carry around a fire hose. Keep a clean nose, wash the plain clothes. You don't need a weatherman to know which way the wind blows. Oh, get sick, get well, hang around the inkwell. Hang bell, hard to tell if anything is gonna sell. Try hard, get boxed, get back, ride rail, get jailed, jump bail. Join the army if you Kid, you're gonna get hit by losers, cheaters, six-time users hanging round the theaters. Girl by the whirlpools looking for a new fool. Don't follow leaders or watch a parking meter. Oh, get born, keep warm, short pants, romance. Learn to dance, get dressed, get blessed. Try to be success. Please her, please him. Buy gifts, don't steal, don't live. Twenty years of schooling and they put you on the day shift. Look out, kid, they keep it all hit. Better jump down a manhole, light yourself a candle. Don't wear sandals, try to force the scandals. Don't wanna be a bum, you better chew gum. The pump don't work, cause the vandals took the handle. And finally, Barbara Dane, I hate capitalists. I hate the capitalist system, and I'll tell you the reason why it has caused me so much. Suffering and my dearest friends to die Well, I know you all are wondering What it has done to me 
Dane there, I hate the capitalist system, hitting the nail on the head. Uh, as to what's going on, how we're, why things are the way they are. When you understand that uh, things are organized according to how they make money for people. Especially at a time like this when our capitalism is well de well developed, you know, entering its 200th year. And uh, the beat goes on. But instead of just thinking about this or that question, have a basis, have a, uh, a base inside of yourself, a base of belief, what you know and what you believe and why. All right. This one is, let's see, I want to get this one right. 
So we're going to close down. Leave it to Rihanna. Okay, this is in uh, Ebony. Leave it to Rihanna to speak up on an unjust system for women. Latest topic of conversation, Sintoya Brown. If you haven't already been keeping up with the story of Brown, catch up here. is recognized for its vigilant in combating child sex trafficking. But if you ever read the case of Sintoya Brown, you'd be flabbergasted by such esteem for the state. She was a victim of sex trafficking when she was a teenager. In 2004, she killed Nashville editor Johnny Allen. One of the many men who paid to have sex with a then 16-year-old girl. As a child sex slave, she'd been repeatedly raped, abused, and held at gunpoint prior to being exploited by Alan. She admitted she feared his military background, paired with the numerous guns she saw in his home. She shot and killed the 43-year-old. He was a sharpshooter in the army, Brown said of Allen. I'm sitting here thinking, if he does something, what am I going to do? Brown, whose grandmother and mother are also victim survivors of rape, was sentenced to life in prison with parole, eligible after 100, after 51 years. Filmmaker Dan Berman followed Brown's case for several years in Me Facing the Life, Seeking Redemption in Sintoya's Story. The documentary of the young woman which premiered on PBS in March 2011 was partially responsible for igniting the change in the way the state handles drugs trafficking cases. says in the while in prison the girl attained her associate's degree so this girl Let's read this one. This is Ebony. Yeah. If you haven't already been keeping up with the story, Brown, catch up here, which she did. We did. She is a former child sex slave who at 16 murdered a child predator who purchased her for sex in 2004. After years of being trafficked for sex, drugged and raped repeatedly, the girl got the courage to fight back and kill one of her predators. She was arrested and convicted as an adult and will not be eligible for parole until she's 69 years old. 
Rihanna uh, commented on this, did we somehow miss the definition of justice along the way? Because there's something horribly wrong when the system enables these rapists and the victim is thrown away for life. To each of you responsible for this child's sentence, I hope God you don't have children because this could be your daughter being punished for punishing already. Sintoya Brown. Now the, at the Ebony website there is a petition to, si- to sign. Free Cynthia Brown. While she was in school, she uh, got advanced degrees. Okay, this is the B, and it's about my time to get out of here and uh, to pass you over to my buddy, to my buddy uh, Scott Walker. And I just want to say, remember... gets a dollar they didn't work for, another person worked for a dollar they didn't get. If you don't have a seat at the table where you work, you're on the menu. And never but never give your heart to someone who's not a friend of labor. And when I say labor, I mean you. of swimming through a sea of podcasts. Are ye on a raft without a patter? Well, gather around me sea dogs and get aboard me pirate ship 
as we set sail for the seas of Mutiny Radio.fm. From there, you can captain your own pirate ship as you sail through over 44 different shows for all of your listening pleasures. They've got live comedy to small business advice, LGBTQ-friendly to sports, vinyl to gutter punk. Mutiny Radio.fm has the best programming the Internet Ocean has to offer you. I bet my peg leg on it, or I ain't scurvy shit-faced McRat. <laughs> Good evening there, my friends here at MutinyRadio.fm. Chester Cashcock here, and giving you my love and regard as well as movies over there. And uh, I just wanted to let you guys know that any time I go swimming in my vault of rare coins and piles and piles of filthy cash, I can't help but listen to Pamtastic's Comedy Clubhouse every Friday from 8 to 10 p.m. I mean, if anyone who knows anything about comedy knows that Pamtastic's books the best of San Francisco and Beyond's Underground comics. It's a great showcase, and they have a fun time at Pamtastic's Deep in the Mission District, where you can laugh off your tushy for near five dollars every Friday to 10 p.m. And I laugh because five dollars, I mean, that's what I use to wipe my tushy with. So to laugh it off for a mere five dollars is indubitious. But if you can't make it to Mutiny Radio, well, don't even worry. Don't fret at all. You can simply download the podcast post-show and giggle in the comfort of anywhere. Like your Aspen summer home on the mountain ridge with the kayak feeling. So all you got to do is just go to podcastics.pcrcollective.org slash comedy clubhouse. Or you can listen live every Friday from 8 to 10 p.m. as your host Pam Benjamin brings you the best comedy from San Francisco and beyond the universe. And what's better than the universe? It's a cash cock, honey. Looking for a personal injury lawyer in San Francisco, look no further than Francis J. Shaheda. Mr. Shaheda did an amazing job with my case. First, he informed the courts about my case that had not been scheduled or submitted yet, despite the language on the citation. I was so confused and afraid of the legal system, but he did it all for me. He communicated promptly via email with any of my questions. I was afraid of an enormous fine for a small infraction, as well as a criminal offense on my record, but he spoke to the DA to have my case removed from criminal court and put into the community court system. I am so overwhelmingly happy with the results he generated and would recommend him to anyone with legal issues. This is a personal first-person narrative because Francis J. Shaheda helped me personally, helped Mutiny Radio go to him for personal injury issues. You can email him at www.personalinjuryattorney.com fjs.com again the law office of francis j shaheda in san francisco do you need an 
an awesome and underground space for an event? Look no further than mutinyradio.fm. Our 30-seat flexible space can accommodate your acoustic band, birthday party, comedy show, dance party, karaoke super fun, theater event, fundraiser. If you think it, we can do it. You run the door in promotion, we run the sound, space, and podcast. Rentals available Thursday, Saturday, and Sunday from 8 to 10 at Mutiny Radio FM's performance space at 2781 21st Street in the Deep Mission at 21st in Florida. Contact Pam at pamsidai at hotmail.com for more options and booking dates. Incredible socialist prices so you can be creative in a free speech space without breaking the bank. That's Mutiny Radio Rentals every Thursday, Saturday, and Sunday from 8 to 10. Book your event now. Trying to hurt me, but boy, how it burns me whenever she touched me. And oh, I feel so lucky. Billy Bob, you ever want to be funny? Well, my dogs think I'm funny, Daryl. Well, I mean, you ever want to be like in front of an audience? Like other than like squirrels, dogs, and dead persons? Oh, shoot. From time to time, I've given it a thought of two. You know, if you go to Joke Workshop, there's more than two peoples paying attention to your jokes, and they ain't even gonna be jerks about it. Daryl, are you serious? I can get people to listen to my jokes? And they'll even say nice things, dude, before they tell you how to get improvements. No way. What is this dang nabbit thing called? It's Joke Workshop. Joke Workshop? Yep, every Monday, 6 to 8 p.m. on the Mutant Radius. So you're saying I could tell my jokes every Monday from 6 to 8? That's what I'm saying. It's the Joke Workshop Mondays, 6 to 8 p.m. at the Mutant Radius. Yahoo! <laughs> The Night Space brings you High Time Storytime every Wednesday night from 10 to midnight on Mutiny Radio. Listen to San Francisco's finest underground comedians read crazy stories written by me, Arden, on The Night Space. The Night Space featuring High Time Storytime every Wednesday night from 10 to midnight on Mutiny Radio. High Time Storytime Volume 1 now available on Amazon.com for Kindle and electronic download. I'm Michael Spiegelman. And I am Carl, not Spiegelman. Join us every Sunday, 2 to 4 p.m. Pacific Standard Time on MutinyRadio.fm for... Let's watch a full-length movie on... YouTube. We watch the best movies that... uh, Aren't they good? Well, they're chosen by Uh, Here's his theme song again. Bye. Okay, bye. Watch Howdy, mutineers. It is I, Stolowitz, Dark Lord of the Sith, and several dive bars in San Jose. Every Tuesday night from 10 p.m. to midnight, join me in my quest to escape from the occult oubliette, a world of violence, intrigue, sexuality, mysticism, magic, and leftover spaghetti. Enjoy my insane rants about leftist causes, Midwestern witchcraft, the ascendancy of Skynet, and why neo-paganism is vastly overrated. 
I've got guests, music, comedy, and old Alan Watts lectures from the 70s. How can you resist? You can't! I put a spell on you! Ah! MutinyRadio.fm is an official shrine of the miraculous garlic of Mount Cavalry. We are not associated with the Sisters of Perpetual Indulgence, except on Tuesdays at 10 p.m. Hope to see you there. Or hear you, I should say. Hey, Zach Wiseman, you're a good comedian. You know how I got good? How good? How did you get so great at comedy? I got great at comedy. During happy hour. Yeah, every Friday from 6 to 8 with new host Trina Roderick. It's where um, people go and sometimes they smell bad and sometimes they don't smell bad. Mutiny Radio made me great. <laughs> Mutiny Radio made me better than you. And then you can be better than everyone else, too, every Friday from 6 to 8 on Happy Hour here at Mutiny Radio. But you'll be- never be better than me. You'll never be better than me. you never be better than Zach. And you also, it's a happy hour, but we don't have any alcohol, so it's happy-ish. But you're going to do comedy. I'll do comedy. And you're going to enjoy comedy. Just be an audience. Just come. It's free. Yeah, I just drink in my car. <laughs> you could like drink. Like a fucking adult. Exactly.